Translator's Preface of Ten Books on Architecture. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Fredrik Karlsson. The Ten Books on Architecture by Marcus Vitruvius Pollio. Translated by Morris Hickey Morgan. Translator's Preface during the last years of his life, Professor Morgan had devoted much time and energy to the preparation of a translation of Vitruvius, which he proposed to supplement with a revised text, illustrations, and notes. He had completed the translation with the exception of the last four chapters of the tenth book, and had discussed with Professor Warren the illustrations intended for the first six books of the work. The notes had not been arranged or completed, though many of them were outlined in the manuscript, or the intention to insert them indicated. The several books of the translation, so far as it was completed, had been read to a little group of friends consisting of Professors Sheldon and Quittredge, and myself, and had received our criticism which had, at times, been utilized in the revision of the work. After the death of Professor Morgan, in spite of my obvious incompetency, from a technical point of view, I undertook, at the request of his family, to complete the translation, and to see the book through the press. I must therefore assume entire responsibility for the translation of the tenth book, beginning with chapter 13, and further responsibility for necessary changes made by me in the earlier part of the translation, changes which, in no case, affect any theory held by Professor Morgan, but which involve mainly the adoption of simpler forms of statements or the correction of obvious oversights. The text followed is that of Valentine Rose in the second edition, Leipzig, 1899, and the variations from this text are, with a few exceptions which are indicated in the footnotes, in the nature of a return to the consensus of the manuscript readings. The illustrations in the first six books are believed to be substantially in accord with the wishes of Professor Morgan. The suggestions for illustrations in the later books were incomplete and did not indicate in all cases which sufficient definiteness to allow them to be executed, the changes from conventional plans and designs intended by the translator. It has therefore been decided to include in this part of the work only those illustrations which are known to have had the full approval of Professor Morgan. The one exception to this principle is the production of a rough model of the ram of Hegator, constructed by me on the basis of the measurements given by Vitruvius and Athenius. It does not seem to me necessary, or even advisable, to enter into a long discussion as the date of Vitruvius, which has been assigned to various periods from the time of Augustus to the early centuries of our era. Professor Morgan, in several articles in the Harvard Studies in Classical Philology and in the Proceedings of the American Academy, all of which have been reprinted in a volume of Addresses and Essays, New York, 1909, upheld the now generally accepted view that Vitruvius wrote in the time of Augustus and furnished conclusive evidence that nothing in his language is con inconsistent with this view. In revising the translation, I met with one bit of evidence for a date before the end of the reign of Nero which I have never been adduced. In Book 8, Chapter 3, 
Section 21. The kingdom of Cotius is mentioned. The name depending, it is true, on an emendation, but one which has been universally accepted since it was first proposed in 1513. The kingdom of Cotius was made into a Roman province by Nero, and it is inconceivable that any Roman writer subsequently referred to it as a kingdom. It does seem necessary to add a few words about the literary merits of Vitruvius in this treatise, and about Professor Morgan's views as to the general principles to be followed in the translation. Vitruvius was not a great literary personage, ambitious as he was to appear in that character. As Professor Morgan has aptly said, he has all the marks of one unused to composition, to whom writing is a painful task. In his hand the measuring rod was a far mightier implement than the pen. His turgid and pompous rhetoric displays itself in the introductions to the different books, where his exaggerated effort to introduce some semblance of style into his commonplace lectures on the noble principles which should govern the conduct of the architect or into the prosaic lists of architects and writers on architecture, is everywhere apparent. Even in the more technical portions of his work, a like conscious effort may be detected, and at the same time a lack of confidence in his ability to express himself in unmistakable language. He avoids periodic sentences, uses only the simpler subjunctive constructions, repeats the antecedent in relative clauses and, not infrequently, adopts a formal language closely akin to that of specifications and contracts, the style with which he was naturally most familiar. He ends each book with a brief summary, almost a formula, somewhat like a sigh of relief in which the reader unconsciously shares. At times his meaning is ambiguous, not because of grammatical faults, which are comparatively few and unimportant, but because, when he does attempt a periodic sentence, he becomes involved and finds it difficult to extricate himself. Some of these peculiarities and crudities of expression Professor Morgan purposely imitated, because of his conviction that a translation should not merely reproduce the substance of a book, but should also give as clear a picture as possible of the original, of its author, and of the working of his mind. The translation is intended then to be faithful and exact, but it deliberately avoids any attempt to treat the language of Vitruvius as though it were Ciceronian, or to give a false impression of conspicuous literary merit in a work which is destitute of that quality. The translator had, however, the utmost confidence in the sincerity of Vitruvius and in the serious purpose of his treatise on architecture. To those who have liberally given their advice and suggestions in response to requests from Professor Morgan, it is impossible for me to make adequate acknowledgment. Their number is so great, and my knowledge of the indebtedness in individual cases is so small that each must be content with the thought of the full and generous acknowledgment which he would have received had Professor Morgan himself written this preface. Personally, I am under the greatest obligations to Professor H. L. Warren, who has freely given both assistance and criticism, to Professor G. L. Kittredge, who has read with me most of the proof, to the syntax of the Harvard University Press, 
who have made possible the publication of the work, and to the members of the visiting committee of the Department of Classics and the classmates of Professor Morgan, who have generously supplied the necessary funds for the illustrations. Signed, Albert A. Howard. End of Translator's Preface